0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today, you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two
1: songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. Well, uh, this morning we are continuing a three-week series uh, about our newly revised uh, mission statement here at Stonebridge, and we're right in the middle of it. And um, our new uh, purpose statement here, at church is to share the hope of Jesus, to deepen our community in faith, and to extend God's love to others. And um, if maybe a starting point of learning to memorize this as a congregation is those three words, hope, faith, and love. If those ring a bell, that comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 13, when Paul writes, and now these three remain, hope, faith, and love. The greatest of these is love. So today we're going to be focusing on to deepen our community in faith. And our scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 14. Uh, And before I read it, let me just talk a little about Ephesians. So Ephesians is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, and it is one of the prison letters, um, which means that uh, late, well, at towards the end of Paul's life, he was under house arrest in Rome, and he was writing letters to many of the churches that he had established uh, throughout the Roman Empire, throughout the Mediterranean. And uh, people from those uh, communities would come and visit him and tell him what's up and, and give him updates, and uh, he would uh, write off letters, and sometimes he was putting out fires, but the letter that Ephesians is not one of those letters. In fact, uh, Ephesians is a letter of just edification and encouragement. And uh, it speaks to the church then and it speaks to the church now. So uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. This is God's word to us this morning. Let's pray. Loving God, as we turn our attention to your scripture for us this morning um, and towards um, the, the new purpose statement of our church, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be present with us and have prepared our hearts to, to teach us, to draw us closer to you, to draw us deeper in faith indeed. We pray these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, At the risk of being overly indulgent, I'm going to tell a protracted story about my relationship with water, learning to swim, and where it's taken me. And if there's an underlying theme, the theme is going deeper, and it's about risking faith and going deeper. So it's basically story time for a while, so just sit back and relax. So... um, It's all about my relationship with water and learning to swim. So I have to start with kind of telling you where I grew up. Some of you already know this. I grew up in La Cunada, and um, I grew up on the south-facing bank of the San Bernardino Bernardino Mountains, which uh, means that in the summer, it was blazing hot. And uh, I grew up in a house where, well, my parents had to make a decision between getting air conditioning or putting in a pool, and they decided to put in a pool, which was awesome. But it also meant that on a summer day, our house was boiling hot. Um, and it was not it's not an extravagant, you know, crazy pool with a water slide or anything. It was a rectangle. At, you know, it's just like they dug a hole and it was a rectangle and there was a shallow end and a deep end and there was three steps down into the shallow end. And at the far end, the, the craziest of God was at the, at the far end of the pool, you would walk up three steps and walk out and you could jump off like a whopping 18 inches above the water. It was crazy. <laughs> so I, I tell you all this, and I, the other part of this story that's important is that I have three siblings, and I'm the youngest. Um, my oldest brother is 14 years older than me. My second brother is 12 olders, 12 olders than me, 12 years older than me, and my sister is four years older than me, which makes me the baby of the family, and uh, I grew up just being loved and cherished by everyone. Um <laughs> So I have these memories, and as I was preparing for this message this week, I realized the memory that I'm about to tell you, I was so young that I don't remember being able to talk. So my parents, on Saturday, with all these kids, and older kids especially, um, my parents you know, on Friday night or Saturday night would go out on a date night and so forth, and uh, my, my siblings would babysit me. And on the hot summer evening, the, our, kind of our routine was to have dinner, wait the mandatory 30 minutes, and then go swimming until the sun went down. Um, so my earliest memory is, uh, so the pool was a, a rectangle, uh, you know, surrounded by cement, and then it had um, a wrought iron fence around it. And my earliest memory is my, so we've had dinner, and we're going to go swimming, and um, my sister specifically says, okay, we want you to stay along the fence where we can see you. And, and I was like, I mean, I, I, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, okay, but I, I don't remember actually saying anything. And then they were all in their bathing suits, and they went through the gate and closed the gate and locked me out. And for the next, like, 45 minutes, they were swimming, and I just sat there at the Rotten Iron Gate watching my siblings swim. You don't feel sorry for me? <laughs> Last night, wow, they felt sorry for me. <laughs> So, so that's my memory, and and so kind of fast forward. and a couple years later, um, I was I must have been like an older toddler. My my grandfather, uh, we called him Papa. Papa would come to our house, and we had a garden in the backyard, a vegetable garden. He would tend to the garden during the summer and then, you know, water the plants, weed it and stuff. And then he would go swimming. And somehow, I, I don't know who made this decision, but it was decided that Papa was going to teach me how to swim. And I, I and now the, the next, you know, memory I have is that first time of stepping on the first, I mean, many of you, we, we, we grew up in California, right? For the most part, you step on the first step and the water is like up to your knees and the water's cold and the cement is burning hot. Like, is that a, that's a kind of, in there, um, in terms of my memory. And uh, anyway, so he then led me to the second stair. And now, like, the water's like, <laughs> and I'm scared. And I certainly don't want to put my head under the water. Anyways, uh, it leads to the next things, right? So he leads me to the edge of the pool, and this is over uh, several weeks. He's just, it's exposure therapy, really. It was just one step at a time, a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. Got to the edge of the pool, had me kicking for a while. My body would float up. Then he would take me out into the shallow end and, you know, ha, 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 let go and step back. And, uh, you know, I'm scrambling for survival. Ah! And what he really taught me was how to dog paddle. And from there, I was off and running, and uh, in time, I, I learned how to swim. But I remember as a child, you know, holding on to the edge, and being brave enough to put my head under the water and seeing my siblings. And as a child, like it was like me to the back of the wall. They were going way deep into the deep end and then swimming, having a great time. And I was, I, mean, I, I was scared of the shallow end, much less the deep end. Well, eventually I got to the point where I joined them. I was able to swim and jump into the deep end and so on. But for many years, the limits of my swimming experience was the rectangular cement, you know, swimming pool in my backyard that was it fast forward to uh, i'm an elementary student i'm like fourth maybe fifth grade and another strong memory is my brother was going to uc irvine and i I still don't you know these memories are so weird because you don't know where they like i have it and i don't have i don't know why we were at san juan capistrano but i remember like the first day i ever really went to the beach was at san juan capistrano with my brother and a friend of his from college and my sister. So there's four of us. And I remember, I obviously had probably been to the beach before, but this was the first time, like I'm in a bathing suit and people are swimming and there, there are waves and the horizon, you know, of the ocean is 180. And like, if my pool was deep, I'm thinking, how deep is the ocean? Like, is this safe? Like, why are those people doing, that's crazy. And I'm, this must've been all written on my face because apparently my brother didn't care. <laughs> Typical sibling. Um, but his friend did. And she looked at me and goes, have you ever been to the beach before? And I don't, again, I don't know what I said, but she must have seen it. And she goes, do you want to go into the waves? And, I'm, and you know, there was a part of me like, no. And there was a part of me like, yes. And she said, I'll take you into the waves. And don't worry, I'll hold your hand the whole time. And so I have this memory of an afternoon at San Juan Capistrano, and she led me out into the waves, and, you know, have we, do we have, do we share these memories, is it, or is it just me? Like, you start out at your knees, and the waves are rolling in, the on, and you kind of jump, and you break through it and stuff, and then the w- bigger waves come, and she was taking me deeper, And, you know, the waves would come and, and, you know, the first thing is you kind of learn to bust through them like a football player. And then the second thing is, or go over them. And then, you know, there's always that moment where a bigger wave comes and you think you can go over and so you jump to go over. And then the next thing, you know, it's it's throwing you basically on your butt, you know, just ah. So that was scary. But she then, she then, and she was holding my hand the whole time, she goes, you're okay, you're okay. And I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she said, okay, next time that happens, instead of trying to go over, we're going to go under. And I'm like, under? Is there a tunnel? And, you know, she taught me, right? When the big wave comes and you don't think you can get over it, you just kneel down and the wave will go over your head and then you push off the bottom and you come up for air. And it was like, oh, revelation. Um, okay, now I'm going to fast forward now to high school. And we had a a youth intern at our church. Uh, He was from Fuller. His name was Chuck Weisson. I'm going to throw him under the bus right now. Um, Chuck was grew up in Huntington Beach. And his ministry to the high school guides group was to teach us how to go surfing. And so we would load up all the surfboards and go down to Huntington Beach. And then he would spend about five minutes with us on the beach, like telling us what to do. And then he would paddle out, and we wouldn't see him for like two hours. (laughs) And he called it ministry. So... uh, but, it, you know, in some ways, it was a great experience because we just had to, I'm going to use, like, exaggerated words, we had to learn how to survive, like, surfboards in the water, waves coming, like, how to navigate all of that. And, 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 and so some of the things we learned, um, and, uh, you know, I don't know your surfing experience. One is we learned how to duck dive, and the other thing we learned about was those dangerous rip currents. So... Duck diving, you know what duck diving is? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of it. Okay, one person, okay, then I will explain it. So think of a teeter-totter in in the old-school playgrounds. And in the same way that you can dive under a wave with a surfboard, you can shove the nose of the surfboard into the base of a wave. And like a teeter-totter, as the wave breaks, it'll kind of push your ankles, and it'll turn the board like this, and because the board wants to float, it'll literally drag you out of the water. You just hold on for dear life and it pulls you out of the water. So that's one way that surfers get out and and navigate big waves. Now another way is those dangerous rip currents. A couple weeks ago, uh, remember Hurricane Hillary came and it was raining, and everybody was saying, you know, stay away from the beaches, Beaches hazardous surf, rip, dangerous rip currents. And, and have you ever, well, you probably don't know this, but when everybody is leaving the beach, that's when usually surfers are going to the beach. And, uh, and one of the ways you get out as a surfer is those rip currents, because those rip currents drag you out into the deep water. They pull you out. And the, what it feels like is... Um, You know, I call them people movers. I don't really know what they're called. You know when you're at the airport and there's those things that you walk on and you move, or or you just stand there, you don't have to walk the 100 yards? It's like that. Um, you know how like, you're walking on those things and you just feel like a giant because you're like going nine, nine yards, ten yards at a step and you're just like, yeah, oh, this is great. I wish I could walk like this all the time. Same thing with with a, with using a rip current to surf. You you fall into a rip current. You just kind of you paddle and you take like one stroke and you go like six yards and then you take another and it, because that water is just pulling you out like a stream. So these are the ways I learned how and my friends learned how how to surf and to, how to navigate the waves. Okay, last part of this story, and that is, where has surfing took, taken me? I have traveled uh, with, with folks in this church. I have traveled to Maui and surfed, and that's why the Maui response was close to my heart. I have been to that harbor uh, that they've shown. With the big tree, what's the tree? Banyan. 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 Yeah, I've, I've been to that Banyan tree. And hey, just as an update, did you hear it's coming back? Like, despite the fire? Isn't that cool? Like hope. It's just a symbol of hope in the midst of that uh, disaster. So anyways, I've been to that harbor, surfed surfed there. I've uh, traveled to desolate points in Baja, California. Uh, My wife and I took a trip called Baja Air Adventures and flew to Isla Natividad and surfed there. I've been to Nicaragua. I've been to El Salvador. I feel like I'm missing a country. (laughs) I've been to Australia, but I didn't surf. (laughs) Dang it. I had my chance. Um, So if you had said to me, Costa Rica, that was it. (laughs) You know my resume. Thank you. So the the thing is, if you had said to that little kid that was standing on the first step of the pool that someday you're going to travel the world playing in water, and you're going to you know, encounter waves and and go through all of this, I'd be like, there's no way. Like my whole, the limitations of my horizons with regards to my, what I'm calling my relationship with water, was the extent, first it was just really the shallow end, and then it was the extent to the deep end. And beyond that, that was it. I never would have imagined that it would have taken me so far. And I'm I'm saying all these things because it, I hope, it's, I hope you understand an analogy for our faith as well, that we are all on a journey. And my story is surfing today, uh, swimming and surfing. But your story, might, you know, it could be many things. It could be your career path. You know, you started, I don't know, loading the trucks, and now you're in charge of the department. Or uh, it could be parenting. Uh, you have little ones, and you have no idea what you're doing. And somehow they grow into adults, and you're like, they're still alive, success. Um, you know or it's a hobby, something uh, you know you've mastered. you started out as a beginner and and you've advanced to expert and and there's something to be said as an analogy for going deeper in faith. Now when I say going deeper in faith, other pastors have said going uh, higher up and deeper in and that phrase is actually from this idea of the temple in Jerusalem that's on Jerusalem is on top of a mountain and at the center of this of the city was the temple, and inside of the temple was the, the, the inner sanctum, so to speak. So higher up and deeper in, higher up and deeper in. And at Stonebridge, part of our mission statement is as a community to grow deeper in faith, to grow deeper in faith together. And so let me pivot now to today's scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. And I'm going to use Pastor John's trick. Several uh, months ago, he did a a message where he walked through the scripture and he did it in reverse. And I'm going to do the same thing because there's a great transition here. Verse 14, and it reads this way, because I think it's wonderful with, uh, with regards to what I was illustrating. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. So Paul, uh, right, if my, if my grandfather, if my papa had, they, if they had decided, hey, you're going to teach John, they used to call me Johnny, Johnny how to swim, uh, you know, what if you took me down to Santa Monica Pier as a three-year-old and just threw me off and said, good luck, kid. That's ridiculous. And any kind of waves out there would have destroyed me. Um, And that's what Paul is saying. Like, he wants us to grow deeper in faith. He wants us to mature in faith so that there's no promise in the scriptures that says that difficult times aren't going to come. That there are going to be stormy times in your lives, difficult times in your lives. There's no promise that that's going to go away. But there is, I think, uh, this level of going deep, higher up, deeper in, growing in maturity of faith so that we can navigate those things better. And I believe we can do that with the presence of God at work within us as individuals and within us as community. So let me jump to verse 13, uh, 12 and 13. So that you can become mature, key word, mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that you may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. And so the key word here that I'm highlighting is maturity. Paul is calling the Christians and Ephesians, and I believe to us now, to maturity. That we should never be content with where we're at. That we should be lifelong learners. And we should do so with humility. We're never going to attain full measure. But any time, you know, the first uh, step to our own downfall is when we think we know it all. So to have the humility to continue to desire to learn. And so maturity, it talks about the fullness of Christ. Um, I, I love the fact that one of Pastor John's um, passions is every year we're going to be looking at different gospels. And starting this uh, Advent, we're going to be looking at the gospel of Luke, gospel. The Gospels, of course, are the stories uh, and the life uh, narratives of Jesus. And by studying Jesus's life, s- studying Jesus's teachings, uh, and and how he modeled his life, we uh, called disciples our followers of Christ. And as we better understand the fullness of Christ, we ourselves can can be uh, transformed. Unity in faith. Of course, every month we celebrate the sacrament of communion, and in that sacrament we. We are celebrating unity with God and unity with one another, and it's important in our maturity that we recognize, I mean, we already know this, that our world is deeply divided and there's a lot of tension out there, but part of our maturity and call as Christians uh, in our community of faith and in our community at large is to desire and work for unity and knowledge of the Son of God. Of course, uh, as we grow in our understanding of god's word we will grow in our understanding of god's son jesus christ lastly verse uh, 11 so christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so these are teaching roles these are leadership roles and and the question is why why did christ give these roles into the life of the church so that his people Uh, can be equipped for the works of service. And so next week, Pastor John is going to be talking about our third part in our um, mission statement, and that is to extend God's love to others. And one of the ways we do that is by serving others. So let me close with this. This is the how. How do we do this at Stonebridge Community Church? Um, Firstly, uh, I want to go back to that idea of, like, I was on the outside of the fence, and everybody was on the inside. And I just want to remind our congregation that there are people in our larger community that are struggling with finances, they are struggling with loss, they are struggling with relationship issues, employment issues. There, there's a lot going on. And if if they don't have a relationship with God, um, I just honestly, as someone who's been a Christian for a long time, I don't know how people do it. And so I, I just want to remind us that there are people on the outside looking in. And as believers, they're looking at you sometimes, in your places of work, um, you know, your friendships and so on. And we have the opportunity to set the example of what it looks like to navigate the waves. Keep that in mind, and keep that in mind when you're at church every weekend. If there's new folks here, say hello, welcome them, because it takes so much courage to drive into this parking lot and walk, get out of your car and walk through those double doors, especially if it's the first time. Um, so I want to encourage you all, first also, in addition to that, um, How do we do this at Stonebridge? Well, we do it in worship. Every week we are looking at scripture and we're edifying ourselves. We're getting closer to understanding what those scriptures mean and how to apply them to our lives. And so I encourage you to come to worship. And I realize that I'm preaching to the choir. However, the statistic just drives me mad. Before COVID, most Christians in America went to church two times a month. That basically means half the year. And then, then I just started thinking, like, think of your education, whatever it may be, and cut it in half. We have an opportunity to be edified. We have an opportunity to build new friendships um, and build community, and come here and grow closer to God. And I would just encourage you to renew your commitment to coming to worship regularly. And especially if you're new, and especially if you're new to the Christian faith, this is probably the first place that you're going to be exposed to scriptures and teaching about those scriptures. And it'll take time. I didn't learn how to swim. It took me at least a full summer to get to dog paddles, you know, status. Dog paddle status. (laughs) Secondly, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it a million times after. We are uh, alpha. We are just, our goal... At least for 2024 and beyond, is for everyone in Stonebridge Community Church to take the Alpha class. If you've been coming here for 20 years and you've never taken the class, take the class. And if you've been here for 20 minutes, sign up for Alpha. It's it's the Christian fundamentals, and over a 10-week period, it's an opportunity to watch a video, eat some food, make new friends, and discuss that video. And each uh, class is just the Christian basics, and we want everybody to be on the same page. That's the goal. And so we encourage you, there's going to be a new class starting in January. And as we get closer, we'll be promoting that. And you can sign up then if you haven't taken the class. And then lastly, in about two weeks, Pastor John's going to be starting um, a new series, The Rise and Fall of King David. And of course, we have growth groups. And most of our growth groups at Stonebridge are sermon-based growth groups, meaning come to church, listen to the message. But sometimes, you know, you drive home and you have an internal dialogue with the message. This is an opportunity to sit down with other folks and discuss the things that, you know, maybe rubbed you wrong, you didn't understand, you have questions about, in community. And in so doing, I've just seen it over the years, people grow deeper in their faith through these things. So let me close with that. Let's pray. Uh, Loving God, um, it takes courage to take that first step. Um, Higher up, deeper in, closer in relationship with you, uh, risking new relationships uh, in a community of faith. And yet, Lord, it is your desire um, that we, indeed, that these things would be true for us, that we would grow closer to you. And, um, and Lord, uh, life isn't perfect, but it's certainly easier and a blessing to be able to be on this journey of life with those who share our same convictions. So I lift up Stonebridge in uh, this morning, but in this coming year, uh, that as a community of faith, we would all be uh, more committed um, to desire to step, step out of our comfort zones, to, to risk growing deeper in faith in this place. And now, as we turn to take our offering this morning, um, we would pray that our offerings and our tithes would bear good fruit among us and bless uh, the work that we are doing, that others would come to know the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We pray all these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: will fly away, O oh glory. I- Just a few more weary days Your spirit.